Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Medic Diaries. My name is Dr. Yvonne Maldor and I'm very very glad you're able to join me for this new episode. First off, happy new month. Yay, we're in June now and happy Men's Health Month. So men, watch out. We're going to have a bit more topics about you in this month. That being said, I had high hopes for June. Let me not lie. I really did. But from what I'm seeing, June seems to be giving us some sort of revolution in terms of giving us so much anxiety, you know. Um, At the beginning of this week, I sent a message to one of my um, group chats and basically was just telling them that I think I'm going to cut down on the amount of social media access I'm going to be doing at least for one week because I'm feeling some signs of anxiety crippling in in my life and I need to check myself literally. This then opened the Pandora's box for us and a people or majority of the people in the group then stated that they were also experiencing some sort of anxiety symptoms and that then led me to thinking about this topic mind you when i say um we have a revolution of anxiety events happening i mean things such as george floyd's killing and sparking the racism protests people talking about police brutality either in u.s or in kenya or in other places in the world and the other one which just ticked me off completely was the three nigerians women and child who were basically brutally raped and actually having one of them pass on because of that brutality all these things and other things about me personally are leading me to having um, a bit of anxiety about uh, the world, which is very normal. So I figured maybe someone else is going through this. So why don't we talk about it, you know? So let's dive right into today's episode. So when we say anxiety, what exactly do we mean? Anxiety is first of the body's natural response to stress any sort of stress right and it is like a feeling of having fear or apprehension about something coming and some of the stresses that we're commonly used to is things like going for a test or doing an exam that is or going for a job interview or going to school for the first time or like being the new kid in town or being the new um, person in the office or just moving to a new place all that is normal anxiety okay now when these symptoms especially that symptom of fear last longer than six months and starts to literally interrupt your life where you're not able to wake up on time you're not able to interact with people for example like the way you normally do before and just things which are just slowing your life down then that is referred to as an anxiety disorder let me give you an example let's say the human mind or the human brain is equivalent to like a computer right now when anxiety comes in the mix we can view anxiety as a computer virus so when the computer is infected by a virus then the optimal level that the computer used to work at and function totally normally and give great results and help people whatever it is is brought down 
So that's basically what I'm trying to say. Anxiety brings down the optimal functioning of someone, be it the six months, which is now a disorder, or uh, just a momentarily. Stress and anxiety seem to be like siblings here, brother and sister, in the sense that when we are talking about stress, there usually is a trigger which is occurring. The trigger could be stress from work, school, personal relationships such as um, marriage, for example. And it brings about like a demand for your brain and your body to give some sort of reaction. Now, anxiety, however, is a reaction to that stress. So usually you have to have a trigger first and then the trigger causes the stress and then the stress resulting anxiety, the manifestations which you have. And I'll talk about those symptoms, sorry, um, later in the podcast. You have to note, however, that there are some people who just have anxiety without a stressor in appearance, like there's no stressor around them. I need you to note it so that the people who have such and they're like, but I don't know what triggers me. I, I, I literally don't have any trigger. I'm fine. And I just have anxiety. That is also a possibility for you. So I don't want you to feel like you're going crazy here. I hope you're flowing with me. With that cleared up, let's talk about some types of anxiety disorders. Um, the quite common ones are panic disorders. And that's you basically having reoccurring panic attacks at quite unexpected times. It can come at literally any time while you're doing something. And it's usually very annoying because it disrupts someone's life. And because they are so recurrent... The person has fear basically of the next panic attack coming about. Other things are phobias. There are so many types of phobias. I will let you guys go check out on those. But it could be something small such as just phobias for snakes or spiders or something of the sort. Another one is OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. A lot of us throw this word around. Yeah, I'm an OCD, what, what, what. Yes, there are people who actually have this and are clinically diagnosed by a psychiatrist or mental health professional where it ha- they have reoccurring irritable thoughts that lead to them performing specific um, behaviors in order for them to reduce that anxiety they feel. Others include separation anxiety disorder that is feeling fear of being away from home or your loved ones and the other one which is quite common actually but is ignored by a lot of people is post-traumatic stress disorder and that's basically anxiety following a traumatic event and the traumatic event varies so much it could be you being in an accident or a loved one being in an accident, you witnessing someone being beaten or something of that sort. It could be on TV. It could be literally you being there and having to deal with um, people who are terminally ill, such as people having cancers and them going through the whole works in terms of treatment. I'm talking about caregivers especially. They have an, some sort of post-traumatic disorder and they probably may not even be aware of it. Having mentioned all that, how about we actually talk about some of the causes of anxiety? Some of them include distress at work, um, 
stress with an underlining medical condition um financial stress which is like a huge one financial stress or instability can really really affect someone we're in this global climate where a lot of people are losing their jobs or are losing their source of income and that creates a lot of anxiety for people other things include racism which is bringing about a lot of this um reactions that we're seeing on tv another one which is really really huge uh, and actually common is just stress at work or if you're in school there's also stress like i had mentioned earlier from personal relationships such as marriage and also anxiety come come about from using some specific drugs medications that is or even using illicit drugs such as cocaine fentanyl the whole work i wanted to mention those ones first those are the external factors that we are aware of oh so sorry one other huge one that i forgot to mention covid19 it's corona time we are in corona times and we are in lockdown or we are in quarantine or we are in some sort of restricted living environment this is bringing about a lot lot and lot of anxiety and we'll talk about the symptoms and see what exactly you're dealing with if you are dealing with anxiety or not all right i need to mention there has been a study which was done um in 2015 and 2017 recently it stated that you have a genetic predisposition sometimes if one of your relatives or had some sort of mental illness or has been dealing with anxiety as well you most likely are almost predisposed to having anxiety so we can put this as a familial thing please note it's not everyone who will get anxiety as much as they have a relative who does it is a mixture of the genetics you having a gene um i cannot remember the gene but you having that gene and uh, also in relation to the environmental factors like the ones i've mentioned the trauma the racism the what not coming together to not then bring about anxiety so the question of can i actually inherit anxiety from my parents yeah it's actually true there are some medical disorders or diseases which can result in someone having anxiety the common common one is usually hyperthyroidism and that basically means there's hyper functioning of your thyroid gland which is meant to maintain like how your body's metabolism is going whether it's very fast or slow so now at this juncture because of the hyperthyroidism someone is more prone to anxiety other things uh, other medical causes include heart disease um also having respiratory disorders respiratory like things to do with the lung and stuff so having um chronic um obstructive pulmonary disease okay big words there it basically means your lungs are not functioning as well as they should yes other cases such as diabetes can also lead to anxiety and there are so many others but those are usually the common ones that are mentioned let me give you a scenario here so you've applied for your dream job and they called you back because they want to hear from you and want to give a face-to-face interview to see truly if you are deserving of this work. So the day of the interview comes 
and obviously you're a bit nervous it's okay it's expected you are at the entrance of the building and you start realizing your heart is beating a bit too fast than it should but you're like no worries it's okay so you walk in and you get into the elevator by this time you start feeling a bit wet like you're sweating a bit more than you should it's okay you can shake it off and once the elevator opens and you see where you want to work at your heart rate increases a bit faster than it normally does you take a few steps walk into the reception and talk to the receptionist and by this time you can't even give a proper smile but you do give a fake one a wary smile that is you are feeling at this moment a bit more jittery and a bit more jumpy your muscles are starting to tense up a bit so the receptionist greets you and lets you know that um, you need to just sit down and wait for your turn to come so that they can give you the interview so you proceed to go sit down by this time you're now feeling a bit of a headache coming along you're feeling a bit dizzy now you can't really concentrate on your thoughts on top of that you feel that your breath is starting to increase rapid breathing why why is this happening everything you see around you triggers you and you feel a bit irritable quite unnatural of you actually your body starts to tighten even more even more and then you start having a bit of a stomach ache it becomes so bad that you have nausea and you actually feel like vomiting ladies and gentlemen those are the symptoms for anxiety wow yeah i needed to give such a scenario because honestly speaking we all go through it honestly we do it just it just depends on the severity that someone experiences you know so with that scenario that i gave the person had a headache had a stomach ache had fast heartbeat and they were aware of it that's basically palpitations sweating dizziness they were jittery having extreme muscle tension and some people even have shaking hands and like a whole shaking body i personally have that and rapid breathing and we're just generally panicking all right the other things that i need to note that are in relation to the symptoms of anxiety is also poor sleep people who have anxiety have a lot of poor sleep unfortunately and like i had mentioned they are not able to concentrate as well they feel a bit numb and if it becomes so bad where they're literally having a panic attack they could even collapse that's how bad anxiety can get i always like to explain anxiety in a this manner that your mind is on fire and you don't know how to get out of that fire that's how people describe it and that's how i use it to explain it sounds a bit scary but usually that's how people feel other things that people do in their daily lives when they're having a bit of anxiety is just frequently canceling their plans like okay we're gonna meet up for lunch okay this is pre-corona times so understand me we're gonna meet up for lunch we'll meet up for this what 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 before you know it they cancel um they start feeling really bad and the other thing that people usually complain about is they feel like there's something really bad coming their way they don't know what it is but that's just how they feel these are some of the common symptoms of anxiety 
and it can slip or it can spill into anxiety disorder depending on the duration that the person is dealing with for children they may not have all the symptoms that i've just described earlier sometimes they'll just literally be irritable and having sleepless nights having feelings of isolation and that would basically be it as opposed to teenagers who have a lot of nervousness which you see very shy um have a lot of avoidance and you have to understand when you're a teenager these are your formative years so you're trying to figure out yourself and all so you have to put in mind that your teenage child or sister or brother is going through something but the other thing that is usually noted apart from those things observed is probably doing poorly in school or skipping school or social events for that matter and just engaging in the wrong ideas like substance abuse alcohol abuse and such things please note anxiety and depression usually are like siblings again so when there is anxiety there may be some form of depression when there's depression there may be some form of anxiety but that does not mean that they cannot be exclusive um disorders which someone is suffering from i just need to give her an idea of that the other group that i wanted to mention was healthcare workers um obviously this is close to my heart because i am part of that team and even before covid came or all this other unrest came we've been dealing with a lot of things which healthcare workers generally do not talk about ladies and gentlemen as much as you view doctors as leaders of a community which is great because we try to be in our own right by just trying to help people you have to understand that before they became a doctor they were also human so they also suffer through a lot of this anxiety and other disorders that I'm mentioning here we may have more traumatic or we may have more triggers and we may have other ways of dealing with them but healthcare workers if any of you are listening please make sure that you have a way for you to manage um the various disorders that may be plaguing you or even if it's just anxiety or if you're okay that's also fantastic right the symptoms which are usually common for anxiety in health workers is they're a bit more hesitant with things that they do or they have the shakes literally like the fatigue that i talked about like i usually have that myself easy fatigability more than the usual that they do very irritable and unfortunately the very very sad bit is suicidal ideations um again you need to know that this is probably in conjunction with depression and uh, i could give an example where just recently i heard that because of all the covid stigmatization and how the healthcare workers i'm talking especially in africa that is healthcare workers are trying to deal with it in whatever limited form that they ha- can help one medical doctor actually jumped in front of a truck and passed on so again please my fellow health workers if you are going through something or if even you if even if you're not a, a healthcare worker and you've noticed that your fellow healthcare worker um is going through something please don't shy away from just asking them are you okay how can i help 
can we refer you to someone um of an expert so yeah i don't know how to really articulate this but i'm worried if you have a good social system and a social support that helps you then well and good okay let's get back on track so you think you have anxiety or you think you have an anxiety disorder what do you do next you go to the hospital and you have to be evaluated by a doctor um some people ask does just a gp evaluate me or do i have to go to a specialist or what is the protocol the protocol is depending on where exactly you're going you can go straight to a mental health specialist such as a psychiatrist or psychologist or you could go to a general practitioner which is the gp first and then they will be able to now direct you to the specific person you're meant to go to so it can work both ways as long as you have actually stepped foot in the hospital that is one of the major steps of what to do what do you expect from them they will definitely take a long history from you because they want to really understand and elicit if you actually do have an anxiety disorder or not that's one and then the other thing that is done is um, some few blood works and urine tests because like i had mentioned earlier there are some medical conditions which can predispose someone to anxiety so they're trying to be thorough and then finally there are a lot of questionnaires you may have to fill so you have to be prepared about that don't get too irritated so they'll give you like a questionnaire sometimes you don't have to fill the questionnaire depending on the severity the person presents with or um the other history that they have given so it's all dependent on how the patient presents okay how do you treat anxiety then well depending on the severity it has some different forms of treatment there's the psychotherapy and if you've listened to my other podcast before things such as depression and my first episode which was on quarantine and mental health psychotherapy is basically talk therapy so what they do here and it's a huge part of the treatment they teach you how to cope with the anxiety so that it doesn't overcome or overtake your life because the whole point of it for you coming to the hospital is you are not able to function as optimally as you used to so they teach you how to deal with that and take you through whatever triggers it is that actually causes all this um, anxiety to come about if you are aware of them even better okay the other thing is medication this is not for everyone not everyone gets the medication but there are some people who do i don't want to talk about the medications i don't feel like you guys need to know about the medications because they are always different for each patient so i don't want to say something and then they're like well dr yvonne said this and this and this why are you giving me this no i'm just gonna say there are medications for um anxiety treatment all right lifestyle and home remedies these are the ones i'm going to focus on a a bit more because these are things you can do it then your reach you can do it on a daily basis it's the small steps you take per day which help you to recover all right so if you are having an acute anxiety attack what do you do right the first thing is to just breathe in and out as shockingly as that sounds breathe in and out 
and that is and i i specifically mean like to take um a breath slowly and count to four and then release it out and count to another four so you do this for five minutes the whole purpose of this is to almost trick your heart in a way for your heart rate to slow down so that you're able to think a bit more calmer and there's more blood flow flowing at the, the correct pace that it should to your brain for you to now be able to concentrate other people can break the cycle immediately by going for a walk a brisk walk to just snap out of it and other people can just go do like a five minute ten minute yoga or stretches to just release that tension the whole point is to release the tension and have a bit more clarity if you are sure or if you are aware of what triggered you and you don't have such horrible symptoms you can step away from whatever trigger that is and go and journal about it write about it text about it call whoever you need to call it's okay as long as you're able to release that information from yourself i've talked about this before as well grounding and i had said grounding is basically having physical touch with something or someone so like i mentioned in the previous episode it's about like if i'm having an uh, an attack at the moment my grounding is i would want to go step on some grass i want to touch a leaf and literally rub on the leaf to feel like oh yeah this is a leaf then touch the stem of a branch then touch something else which is around the whole point is for you to be so self-aware of what is around you it sounds silly but trust and believe when you are doing it and mind you, it doesn't work for everyone. But when you, majority of the people are doing it, they're able to at least release themselves and reduce the heart rate and have a bit more concentration to not figure out the way forward. The whole point is to stop the cycle, break that cycle. All right. And then if it's in terms of just negative thoughts, which is quite common, how about you just try and stop thinking about it? Or distract yourself from that trigger i mean it's hard i understand it's easier said than done definitely but you have to try and get out of that negative thought process so that you're able to not function um so i've said all this if you were alone and you now have that anxiety if you were with someone and i'm assuming this is someone you trust or if you do trust that person then you can let them know you know what um sir or lady i'm having an anxiety attack i need some help here just talk to me distract me whatever it is and they can do that the partner or the person who is going to be your support system here has to be understanding so maybe you'd want to share this episode with them so that they can also listen and have a gist of what's going on you know anyway (laughs) so they have to be understanding and another form of grounding that could happen is literally holding someone's hand do not squeeze them forever and ever and let them not have any circulation to their hand please but squeeze them and just have a feel of okay there's someone next to me and try to calm your heart rate down do the breathing exercise with them the partner that is if you're willing to do so if not that's also okay and just have a place where there's ventilation or both of you can go for your walk both of you can do your stretches it's the whole point of you having someone there is 
them to understand that you are having an anxiety attack and validate it for you and see whether you'll be able to get out of that okay all right now long-term management still lifestyle things because i want to talk about the lifestyle bit especially please try to get enough sleep eight hours as much as i said one of the symptoms is sleepless nights try as much as possible to get enough sleep i will talk about sleep hygiene in another episode because it's a different topic altogether and it has its own things but try and practice sleep hygiene in such a way that okay you don't have your phone next to you that time so that you keep flipping through your phone when you're having your insomnia or um if you do have your phone then let it be playing some nice soothing music or relaxation i sleep with podcasts on anyone who knows me knows that i listen to bbc so much that i sleep listening to bbc that is my relaxing mode it sounds redundant about the next topic the next point i'm going to talk about but that's just me the other thing is probably not to consume a lot of news around you see what i mean um the news especially nowadays has been very triggering to a lot of people whether you're getting it from the newspaper tv social media or just internet in general a way for you to just try not to get triggered is to cut out that tv for a while cut out that information in the news because guess what ladies and gentlemen it's going nowhere the whole point is for you to remove yourself from that environment recruit yourself so that you're able or your mind is able to now accept the news which has already happened not that you're living in it that moment and you're not able to manage it i hope you're understanding where i'm coming from i'm not saying you shouldn't consume your news no but what you can do is just step away from it for a while hence me telling my friends that i'm getting away from social media for a bit and then when you feel like you have recovered or you're a bit more stable to consume such information and content then you can go back to that i hope you've understood where i'm coming from okay another major thing which i lack in myself is staying active exercising stretches yoga whatever it is that gets your heart rate going in the right manner not that it's from anxiety is the best way to go because it pumps blood to your brain to the rest of your tissues and in the long run endorphins happy hormone i will always preach this so it releases that and it's just able to help you alleviate or fight off that anxiety all right there are various foods that we eat which also do not really help us when it comes to anxiety so the things that can help us is one reduce your caffeine whether it's just your black tea or your coffee reduce your caffeine reduce or stop alcohol altogether please understand as much as alcohol is a sedative it actually worsens the symptoms in the long run so you have to understand it's actually counterproductive to you all right so alcohol either you cut it out altogether or reduce it to the bare bare minimum foods that have been studied that can help with anxiety 
I can't give you the accuracy. Please, a disclaimer here. I can't give you the accuracy, like, like the percentage of how much it helps, but I would like to definitely mention them. One of them is salmon, a pink fish, if you've not seen it. Another is chamomile tea. Chamomile tea has been talked about over and over and over again about how it has a very calming effect. So chamomile tea is something people either have when they're having the anxiety attack or can have it before they sleep and have better sleep because of that. And obviously, if you sleep, your mood gets much more improved. Another thing I've read is turmeric. So I guess using turmeric to cook or to put in, I think, your milk. I think Indians do that, if I'm not too sure. Please comment below if that's actually true, guys, all my Indian followers. Yes. Uh, so turmeric, having dark chocolate, mm, uh, yogurt and green tea green tea also has been um has also been one of the things which really people like to take when it comes to calming down okay so those are the foods or some of the foods that you can take to help you calm down when an anxiety attack is happening so in the spirit of us encouraging and promoting long-term um prevention or treatment of anxiety there are some apps that i researched about where they can help you in reducing or maintenance of anxiety in the long run one of them is headspace i've mentioned headspace before in one of my uh, episodes headspace uh is quite a a popular one and i've actually used it myself i still have it on my phone so i can attest to it it has an iphone rating of 4.9 but so 4.9 stars android 4.5 stars it's free all these apps are free by you so it's basically designed to guide you in meditation or uh help you in terms of just a few journals or when you're having a bit of a panic attack or something of the sort so just take your time and see if this is for you if you don't like it fine let's go to the next one another one is acupressure uh, healing yourself has a bit of a average rating of 3.3 stars in iphone and 4.3 stars in android oh this one is not free however you have to pay about two dollars for it but here they focus more on the muscle tension and the headaches and, and the indigestions and the stomach aches like I, the symptoms i had mentioned earlier they focus more on that and teach you how to release some of these um pains because they are teaching you basically chinese medicines where you know because the chinese are the ones who are quite into acupuncture and all hence the name acupressure so they're teaching you how to manipulate and press through and massage through some pressure points so that's why you have to pay something small for it another one is called sleep time a bit of a high rating 4.7 and 4.1 android and um, iphone here like the name basically depicts it's meant to help you with sleeping like i had mentioned earlier if you have good sleep it improves your mood and less likely for you to have a lot of anxiety attacks going on so it helps you with that it helps you calculate your sleep wake algorithm and all those i haven't used this app so i wouldn't really know another one is called rooted 
still good ratings 4.6 in apple and 4.1 in android and here it's meant to help you again when you're having a panic attack or nervous or if you're having a, a an anxiety attack but this is more of maintenance bit so i see aha uh -huh. this other one the last one i want to mention is called stop panic and anxiety self-help this is only on android it's free and it has a 4.4 stars rating so that's also good here this app is designed for you to literally try and stop your anxiety attack or your panic panic attack happening so literally you're in the middle of your panic attack so you go to your phone and click on the app and they are able to guide you out of it which i think is fantastic in my opinion honestly if anyone tries any of these apps please let me know how they are because i i, I would i've given you quite a number of them i, I just want to know if truly they all work or not i have attested to headspace and headspace is quite common so i just use that if all fails just download a coloring book there are so many apps for it as well coloring apps i've had one ever since i was in medical school when i was stressed i color it, it, it's just it's a calming effect for me so i have downloaded one like a huge literally just type in google coloring books pdf and you will get one for sure so i have about a hundred pages now which i have uploaded on my my OneNote tablet and i when i'm feeling it i just color when i'm happy i color when i'm stressed i color it's a calming way it's an enjoyable way for you to just have a downtime and not really focus on all that is around you and lastly there is the spiritual aspect to it whether you're christian muslim buddhist whatever it is whether you meditate whether you chant whatever whether you actually pray whether you read your bible because it's very different that's why i've just categorized it all as spiritual it, whatever it is that works for you in terms of a spirituality basis into just helping you to get out of the anxiety please do it the whole point is for you to get out of that state so that you are not in that state of confusion i'm so glad you're able to listen to it and just um flow with me at least i hope you're able to pick something from this episode and just get a bit of information again please share with people so that they can learn and know that they are not alone that is the whole aspect this is why i do this podcast so that i can pass on this information to others okay let's get right into the fun fact for the day Did you know the brain itself cannot feel pain? While the brain might actually be the pain center when you cut yourself like your finger or you burn yourself, the brain itself does not feel any pain because it doesn't have any pain receptors. Hmm. That doesn't mean your head can't hurt. The brain is surrounded by loads of tissue and nerves and blood vessels that are plenty receptors to pain and can give you a pounding headache for sure. So the brain is quite an amazing organ that we, we just, there's so much for it, for us to learn from. <sighs> anyway, I'm glad you have listened to this episode. I'm glad you came again. 
I adore you all for just being with me. In case you don't know, uh, Medic Diaries is now on iHeartRadio and Stitcher as well. And uh, I'm just so excited because we're just we're getting the audience out there. Like we are getting information out there, and I'm very very happy about that. Anyway, I will talk to you soon. Have a lovely anxiety-free day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.